And welcome everyone to Unleash the Kregel podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Kregel, and I want to thank you for taking the time to spend with us on this day. Today is a motivational Monday, and it may be a different day you're listening to this, but consider it a motivational Monday for the second episode of this new but growing podcast. If you haven't already listened to the introductory podcast, it's just a short eight minutes. You can find it at the beginning of the podcast list on your favorite podcasting platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Also, we will have this up on YouTube and other platforms. Be sure to subscribe, like this audio and this podcast, and be sure to send it to your family and friends. I'll talk more about where you can find us at the end of the podcast, but for now, let's get right into it. Today, I want to talk about prioritizing and priorities in our life. And in particular, I want to talk about prioritizing our family and our friends. Pope Paul VI had a quote that said, Someone should tell us right at the start of our lives that we are dying then we might live life to the limit every minute of every day. Do it. I say, whatever you want to do, do it now. There are only so, there are only so many tomorrows. And so I think that's the first thing. A lot of people talk about wanting to live longer. The reality is once we are born, we are on a path towards dying. Some of us live longer, some of us live shorter, but we can try to extend life. But the reality is we, are, we will all die at some point. And most people don't want to give a thought to that or don't care, especially when you're younger, you're carefree, as you should be. Uh, you're a kid. But the reality is we all have 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day, and 365 days in a year. And so we have to consider the idea that we don't know when we will die. We just don't. And I've faced it enough, and I'll have some episodes coming up talking about grieving. But I... Just to be vulnerable here, uh, my son, my one of my sons, fourth son, it was 25 years old, would be 26 in November, um, found out uh, March 18th of this year, just a few months ago, that he passed away in his sleep. And I will talk about that in an in a upcoming episode two of talking about grief. The reality is, I've always heard that and and heard from my own mom that parents should never be burying their children. And I never understood fully that because I had never lost a child. The reality of the matter is I have lost a child. And while there was nothing I could do about it, the reality, just the stark reality is I, I never imagined that he would be gone so soon. And as a result, I have lived in having lost uh, parents, uh, father at age 16, uh, my mother about seven years ago, eight years ago, 
uh, well, seven years ago, actually, uh, a brother, uh, grandparents, relatives, friends, you never, ever know when a person will die, nor do you know when you will. And I think sometimes we can get very comfortable with going through the motions of life without the reality of how fragile our lives are. So today I want to talk about priorities and what's important to you. So if you could grab a piece of paper and a pen or pencil, I'll take a moment here, let you go grab that, and I will talk for a moment, but go ahead and grab that. Uh, Don't try to do this by memory. uh, We'll just do an exercise together, and uh, it'll be great. So grab yourself a piece of paper or pen or pencil, something to write on, and we'll get started here. I'll give you a few more seconds. Okay, take a deep breath with me. All right, so what I want you to do is I want you to think for a moment. We're going to take about 20 seconds here, and I want you to think of the first things that pop into your mind when I ask you this question. What is important to you? Again, what is important to you? Without overthinking it, write down on your paper uh, in the 20 seconds I give you what is important to you. Go. And I will keep track of the time. Again, just keep writing, just quick blurbs. About eight more seconds of this. And three, two, one. Put your pen or pencil down. So, welcome back. So look at your piece of paper. What were the first things that popped into your mind when I asked the question, what is important to you? And what are those things you wrote down? Even if you didn't write them down, if you recall that you thought of them, uh, and, and be honest, write them down. Maybe you didn't have time to. But if you, th- if you something popped in your mind after the 20 seconds, okay, I get it. But our subconscious will remember answers and will really just it'll bubble to the top those those the answers that we really feel or are inside of ourselves will appear right away and so to be very honest when i did this the answers that popped into my mind i wrote down and as i evaluate it and evaluate my time yes those are the things that i consider important now are they answers that i'd love to have be important maybe not But that's not what we're trying to do. We need to deal in reality first and where we are, and then we can try to make some of those changes. So look at your list. Uh, Some of you might have family. Some of you might have children. Some of you might have written down work or health, or it's important to exercise, or it's important to sleep, or it's important to go out and party on weekends. Whatever you wrote down, have a look at that. That really is a good indicator of what you consider to be important in your life. And most likely, you spend the majority of your time doing those things. So, 
Did you think of a sibling, a pet, a boyfriend or girlfriend, your health, money, power, prestige? What I'd like you to do is take a moment and look at that list. And if there's any of those items that you'd like to replace now, I'd like you to draw a single line through an item that you would like to replace. And, and, and now that you've had a chance to think about it, I'd like you to put next to it what you would want to replace it as being important. So if you put money and you believe that your you know, family is more important than, than the need for more money or money, then go ahead and draw a line through that and put your answer next to it. And if you end up replacing everything, okay, you do. But again, this is your opportunity to correct it. And don't add to your list at this point. But go ahead and just replace any of the items you happen to write down. Okay, now so we have an honest list here. We're going to take this a step forward and think about what are the areas of your life that you spend the most time on? What do you spend the most time on during your week? Well, I'll give you a little assistance. Actually, take a moment here and just think, what do you spend the most time on? And instead of me rattling off the things I came up with, sleep, work, exercise, and so forth, let me, let me reference and refer you to a 2021 U.S. Bureau of Labor study that broke down the average amount of time for various activities for men and women for each day. Now, again, these are a study that they did. Yours may be a little bit different, but rather than... And I will reference this in the show notes so you'll have a chance to actually look at this. But let's just let's go through the list here. As I read through this, time spent in primary activities. So we're going to take the average number of hours per day. You have 24 hours. And in personal activities, and under this, they have sleeping as one of the main ones. Eating, uh, sorry, uh, personal care activities. Uh, sleeping uh, was basically the main thing. And for men, they had 8.87 hours for women, nine. So about the same. And so over a third of the time of your day, the, the average person was spent sleeping. Eating and drinking was an hour and a half for men, hour and 20 for women. Household activities. And under this, they have housework, food preparation and cleanup, lawn and garden care, and household management. And under that, the, the overall they had for men was two hours and 16 minutes. For women, two hours and 70. Well, 2.7 uh, hours uh, approximately. So two, two hours and 45 minutes for men, about two hours and 15 minutes. Um, and this, again, may be different based on your role kind of in the house and, and, and how many are in the house and so forth. The majority of that... Uh, two, uh, two hours and two hours plus was spent doing housework. Uh, and then the second part was food preparation and cleanup. And then the other pieces were a lawn care, seemed to be a little bit higher, maybe for men and so forth. Next, we have purchasing goods and services. That includes consumer goods, buying groceries, also professional and personal care services, getting your hair cut, uh, taking your car to the mechanic, and so forth. Under that, they have the average uh, man spending about an, uh, just about two hours, and women about 
two hours also. And again, uh, they were about the same as far as uh, uh, how much time was spent for each of those things. Care and care for and helping household members. And again, this is uh, generalized, but it shows that the men might spend about two hours, just under it, and the women about two and a half hours. Caring for and helping non-household members, helping out a friend or, or people that live outside of your house. For men, it was about two hours, and for women, it was a little over two hours. Work and work-related activities. For men, about eight, uh, just under nine hours. For women, just about eight. Again, these are just generalized statistics from the study. Your, your, your mileage may vary, but um, both, uh, both men and women are working at least eight hours, if not more. Educational activities, that might even be attending class, homework and research. And for educational activities for men, it was about five hours. For women, just about six hours. Organization civic and religious duties. A volunteering, going to religious and spiritual activities. For men, about two hours and 20 minutes or so, two and a, two and a quarter. And for women, about two, a little over two hours. For leisure and sports, under that, socializing and communicating, watching television, participating in sports, exercise, and recreation. Men, just under six hours. Women, a bit over five hours. What do you think the biggest, out of socializing and communicating, watching television, participating in sports, exercise, and recreation, which one of those categories had the most of that, that time that we just talked about? Just under five hours for men and, uh, or just under six hours, sorry, and just over five hours for women. What, what was the biggest category, biggest time suck, if you will? It was watching television. Just under three hour, or under four hours for men and uh, not probably three and a half hours for women. Uh, sports, uh, being involved in exercise and, and such, was the lowest out of that category about an hour and a half or so for men and just under an hour and a half for women. Telephone calls, mail and email, about uh, three quarters of an hour for men, just over an hour for women. And then other activities that aren't classified elsewhere, uh, about an hour and a half for men and an hour and 32 minutes or hour and a half basically for women. So about the same there. So the majority of our time is spent, obviously, sleeping. It's spent working. But when you think about the breakout, all the other activities we just listed here, the biggest time parts were educational activities might be there, attending class, homework, research, etc. cetera, uh, is, is one of them that could be a big one. And the other piece, believe it or not, is under leisure and sports is actually watching TV. Now, why is that important? We could, we could say that we spend time with our family when we're watching TV, but again, we know, and I, I enjoy movies, I enjoy TV, but TV is a, a non-active active activity. Uh, you sit there and you consume, but there's really not any interaction, even with the people that are with you. Uh, when we watch sports, maybe you're with friends and you watch it together and you're excited together. And okay, I could I can understand that. I've been there. 
But again, it's still you consuming it and maybe there's response, but there's not as much interaction during that. It's just a one-way uh, direction from the TV to the consumer. And so why this is important is because as we look at this, and again, I'll reference uh, this in the show notes so you can see it and read through it yourself. But then they also talk about the, the civil, you know, population overall, including kids that are like 15 and such. But the stats I talked were more for adult male and female and, uh, and, and people that I believe are above 18. So that's why we'll see a combination of work and also school. But if you're, if you're doing five and a half, six hours of school, you may or may not be working a full eight-hour, nine-hour day, but those two kind of offset each other. So it works out the same in a sense. So does any of this resonate with you? I know it sure did with me when I thought about it. And again, I'm a uh, single, single guy now, divorced, but I don't have any responsibilities in the sense that my children are all grown and have families of their own. And so my need to take care of them, to get them ready, to do any part of care for them uh, is limited. It, it really only comes down to when I visit, I may spend time with them and with the grandkids, but my direct uh, time has shifted a bit. But for the majority of people, these are numbers that fit. Why is this important and why am I talking about this? Well. Again, connection is critical for every person. Every one of us knows that. And if COVID didn't show us anything, it showed us that being with people was critical. And a lot of issues occurred because despite doing virtual and being online electronically, the connection wasn't the same. And when you were able to finally get the mask off and spend time with people and, and exercise together and be outside and be at concerts, and just barbecue together, uh, uh, people's health, mental health got better, uh, got stronger, people became happier, uh, less disconnected, and so forth. And this actually goes down, this disconnectedness goes all the way down to the very youngest, including our infants, and even babies that aren't born yet. We, we spend so much time doing things that are urgent rather than important. And we hear that so often. This is urgent. You got to do this. And, and there's a whole other thing about urgent versus important. Urgent is something that pops up suddenly, but is not an emergency, but acts like it is. Important are things that are going to have long lasting effects. And so uh, uh, there's plenty of lists that I can talk, do a podcast about the tyranny of the urgent. I've written about it in one of my books that I've written. But basically, the tyranny of the urgent is the urgent, that which seems to be important but is not, has replaced that which is really important. And so a response online to someone who made a comment to us, or maybe we commented on somebody's post and somebody posted back and, and disagreed with us vehemently or you know gave us the business, that becomes urgent to respond to rather than putting the phone down and spending actual quality time with our family or our children or getting some sleep that's critical for ourselves or so forth. And, and there's just an endless list of things that are urgent. It's urgent to make sure to stay up with all of our social media, but at the cost of our sleep 
And so something that's not necessary replaces that which is necessary. And so what we want to do is not just connect with people, but we want to connect with people that are important to us. So let me tell you a little, again, be a little vulnerable here and tell you a story. When I was 16 years old, I, and I'll talk, I will talk a little bit about this when I talk about grief. But when I was 16, uh, it was homecoming day. I was a junior in high school in the great state of Iowa. It was a beautiful blue, uh, hot day uh, in fall. And I was on the high school football team. And on Fridays, we always uh, went to the local, one of the local restaurants. And uh, I grew up in a very small town. We'd go there for our team dinner. Well, I had forgotten one of my pads, basically the tailbone pad, and you could play without it, but I landed on my tailbone enough times over the years when I was younger that it flat out hurts. And so having at least that pad there uh, to me was really important. So I had forgotten that when I had washed my my, uh, pants, so I ran home to get it. It was sitting uh, in the laundry room. I ran in, ran down the stairs, grabbed it, I uh, was heading out the door when in our driveway was the chief of police. And again, we were a good family in the sense that we never got in trouble. Uh, we you know, we never, didn't get pulled over for speeding. We were just, you know, I mean, by, in a sense of good family, we didn't get in trouble. Uh, so the, it was unusual for the chief of police to be sitting in our driveway for any reason. Well, he's there, and I'll never forget, he got, had gotten out of his car. He's a big guy, uh, Tom Helling. And he said, get in the car. Well, I didn't know what to make of it. I'm like, why? He says, don't talk, just get in the car. And so I did. And, you know, you listen to the chief of police. I was always told to respect authority and growing up. And so I got in the car. He pulled out and proceeded to basically gun the engine. And we drove at high speed with the lights on. And I asked what was going on. He says, your dad's in the hospital. He was in an accident. Didn't know any more than that. Didn't he? Didn't say any more. It was probably a eighteen to twenty minute drive up to the hospital in the bigger town where we lived. So, on the drive up there, I, my mind is thinking, "Well, what am I going to do?" I, you know, and so I, I remember blurting out, "Hey, I need to let my coaches know that I'm not going to be at, be there because if you miss team dinner, you didn't play." And Mr. Helling, uh, you know, who's passed away, uh, memory eternal, uh, said, I'll take care of it. I'll call, I'll call them and let them know. Now, mind you, this is before cell phones, but he had the ability to call ahead. So in the midst of it, he called to one of his deputies uh, in our small town and said, he explained, hey, you know, listen, you know, let the coaches know. So they were able to relay the message, uh, at least that I wasn't going to be there and that there was a, a serious reason why. Um, and so we headed up to the hospital. I got there and the, my mom and oldest brother were there. Uh, my other brothers were traveling in from college, one from Minnesota, uh, about five hours away, four hours away. And the other one from Iowa state Ames, which was probably two hour drive away. And they were coming back because it was homecoming day. So this was a chance for us all to get together as family. Uh, interesting part of the story is that my dad was very good with time, very good with his schedule. And again, this is before cell phones or online scheduling or any of that. My dad was always, he was always 10 minutes early to things. And he was always 
at a place he needed to be every time. Well, in the midst of this, there had been confusion about when the brothers, my brothers were coming back and when homecoming was. I'm not sure if it was a missed schedule on our school schedule, whatever it was. He had scheduled and took off the week before. So he was at my football game and uh, the week prior. And so he was going to go to work and then see us all after he got off work uh, doing evening shift at, at uh, uh, John Deere that he worked at. And so our, my brother's going to meet. We were going to meet at uh, high school. I'd play my game. We'd go home and then my dad would meet us there later that evening. It turns out that they're all driving in, and again, no cell phones, and they basically put an APB out. At this point, I know what's going on. I get to the hospital. I'm not sure exactly what's happening, other than the fact that I was told that my dad was in a, in a hit by a 18-wheeler on his motorcycle. He was making a legal turn, and the truck driver uh, was trying to pass him at a intersection. And because of various uh, things that were going on for the driver, he could not uh, basically lose the load that he was carrying or he would lose his job. He was kind of on probation. So he made the attempt uh, in beautiful blue skies to try to pass my dad on the left. And he thought he figured my dad would see him in the mirror and not turn. Well, my dad didn't see him. And the gentleman hit my dad head on. Well, sideswiped him, uh, sent him about 200 and some odd feet down the road, uh, his motorcycle. And actually, I guess the motorcycle went about 220 feet. And my dad ended up uh, going about 100 feet um, and ended up being stopped, in essence, by one of the um, kind of uh, cement areas for for a stop sign. And he was still alive and was alive when the ambulance got there. But it was a very traumatic uh, accident. And so he was hit at 2.15 on a Friday afternoon. And my brothers were traveling in. They got calls. One of my brothers went to the football stadium. People frantically told them what, you know, that they, we were at the hospital. They had a police escort get him up there. My last brother uh, uh, came in at about 8.45-ish p.m., so about six hours after, six and a half hours after my dad was hit. And um, my dad lived for about another 25 minutes and then passed peacefully about 9.15. So thank you for listening to my, my story. But the reason it's important is because I had said, uh, I had gotten into a fight the night before with him, had gone to apologize to him uh, before I went to bed. And that's the last words I spoke to my dad when he was alive. I mean, where he was, was awake. We spoke to him when he was in the hospital bed. We knew he was responsive to it. We knew he was responsive to our words, but there was nothing we could do. Uh, the injuries are too traumatic and t- uh, too much. The fact that he lived long enough for us all to arrive and be there together was, was clearly the kind of man he was and the strength he had, the injuries normally would have killed someone uh, at the scene. And so my point of all this story and you listening to it is that my dad was one of the most important people, if not the most important people, per, people in my life and my brother's life, my mom's life and so forth, and many people who relied on him's life. 
And yet in an instant, basically, he was gone. And the, we, well, you can talk about the impact of that in my life and, and so forth on another episode. My point with it is we just don't know. Uh, we always believed that we would die before my dad. My dad was just a, a incredibly kind, strong, godly, caring man with incredible integrity. And yet he was taken in an instant through really no fault of his own. And so my point with this is that we need to, to, to value and really care for with our time the value of those things and people that we truly care for. Um, items are going to come and go. Exercise is, is critical. It's important. But the reality of the matter is that uh, the reality of the matter is that things will, will basically go away in dust. Uh, things are great, but things are not the critical, important things. Okay, Exercise, we need to do it for sure. But if you had to give up a little bit of exercise to spend more time with those that are important to you, I think it would be a, a, a fair trade. Uh, watching football instead of engaging with those we care for and love or making a call to them and just putting it off because we don't want to miss our, our, our team's football game or our team's basketball or baseball or whatever. I think in, in retrospect, we would rather trade that in, you know, when we look back on that. Whenever you've heard the quote or whenever I've heard the quote uh, as far as people on their deathbed, I've never heard anybody say, I wish I'd spent more time working or I, spent, I wish I'd spent more time watching my favorite football team or I wish I'd spent more time uh, being angry at people and not engaging with them. What you hear is, I wish I'd spent less time at work and more with my family and friends. And my goal here in this podcast is help you realize that you don't have complete control over when you'll die, nor when those that are important to you will die. So how do we fix this? Well, one of the ways, I'll give you a list of how I believe we could fix it, and you can adjust accordingly. But the first is you got to decide you really want to change. Are you, are you really willing? It's one thing to give uh, 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 a statement to say, hey, yeah, I want to change. I want to spend more time with my family. But uh, do you really? And if you do, do you really want to change? And you really want to make this change for good? And if you do, you need to firmly make that a, a decision, not just a statement, but the actual uh, determination. This is what I really want. Then you really have to analyze where your time and your family's time goes. Where does it really go? Start tracking it. Track it for a week and see where you have uh, holes in the time, wasted time, time that can be adjusted, and so forth. What areas can you change or become more efficient at? For example, could you have somebody do, you know, could you do laundry service? Could you occasionally get food prep where food is prepared ahead of time? Could you work with somebody like a friend where you prepare meals and, and you prepare not only meal prep together, but prep meals for your families ahead of time so it just is easy to pop in the oven and so forth? Uh, 
Another area is to commit to doing family dinners. It's something we did when we were in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, but it's become less so now with busy schedules for teens, teens and lots of activities, meals get grabbed on, on the go. I would really say that committing to having a family dinner, and you could start with three nights a week and then work your way up to having uh, many more, including every meal, every day, uh, evening meal together. Uh, committed to ha- spending that hour together and uh, adjust the times accordingly, but don't let the schedule dictate your dinner. You dictate your dinner and work your uh, the other schedule stuff around it. And some people may push back on that, but I'm telling you, family dinners are one of the things that my kids have always come back with, and, and great credit to their mom for keeping that going. I got so busy with time that we would have a lot of times where we would sit down, but we wouldn't sit around the table. We would sit together, but we'd sit on the floor or sit wherever. Uh, sometimes I would let the kids grab their food and go do some other stuff, kind of separate. So we were in the same household, but we didn't eat together. Uh, eating together is one of those memories and things that we can control and do, but we need to commit to doing that. And if you do that, your children, I guarantee you, will come back and thank you for that time that they had. So start with a few days and grow it into more. Uh, like I said, you could could you look at doing uh, food service, yard work, uh, you know, purchasing or getting outsourcing the, the yard work or house cleaning, or for that matter, could you make it where you know one you know you work with a friend to work on each other's yards together, um, so that you speed up the process of this. It may not seem like so, but uh, that also is a connection that you could have with another person and will grow kind of that friendship along with it. And uh, again, not just with family, but with your friends also. So work together to, to take care of your lawns together and get that taken care of. And then reevaluate every couple months and adjust your plan accordingly. Don't just stick to one schedule. Adapt, adjust, see how you can make it even more efficient. Now, bonus is, and this is something we can all do and need to commit to doing, because again, regret always happens after someone's passed on, is I wish I had called them more, or I wish I had talked to them. And texts are great, but texts should never replace an actual voice-to-voice call. Uh, Minutes are free. Uh, We have lots of them on our cell phone plans. Pick up the phone, even after you get done listening to this, and call your family and friends and tell them you love them. And just all you have to do is just say, hey, I want to tell you I love you. Um, You don't have to talk a long time, but commit to doing it every day. Because you'll wish you had if someone suddenly passes on. That's what you'll remember. You'll regret not having made that call because you were too busy doing something urgent. Uh, So nothing replaces the beauty and memory of another's voice. It's what I remember from my dad, my mom. Uh, and so forth. So I'm going to leave you with a quote. M. Scott Peck said, until you value yourself, you won't value your time. Until you value your time, you won't do anything about it. And so not only valuing ourselves, but our families and friends, those we consider very important, until you really value that and that time, the time you're spending with or without them, uh, nothing's going to change. The time is so critical in our use of it, and since we don't know when a loved one is going to be taken earlier than we expect, uh, 
or that we could be. Relationship investments in our family, spouse, children, grandchildren, and friends will always, always, always be the best investment. It will be the longest lasting and the very thing that we will either be thankful for or we will regret we didn't do. So my question to you is, how will you change for your families and your own benefit? This is Jonathan Craigle for the Unleash the Craigle podcast. Until next time, take care of yourself, love your family and friends, and tell them you do. And be kind to those whom you come in contact with every day. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to follow, subscribe, and like. Share with your family and friends. We're on all the major platforms. And we thank you. I'll see you soon.